Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Introducing Sunday Edition with Anthony, a weekly magazine show featuring the movers and shakers of our beloved organization. Topics and news that affect us all, some great roundtable discussions, and of course, a lot of fun. So join me every Sunday at 1 p.m. on ACB Radio Mainstream for Sunday Edition. Do you love to read but struggle to see print? Bookshare is a nonprofit ebook library that makes reading easier for people with low vision or blindness. Members can read in ways that work for them with ebooks in audio, large print, and digital braille. Get unlimited access to over 1 million titles, including New York Times bestsellers, periodicals, upskilling books, and more. Bookshare is free for New York Public Library patrons or U.S. students with a qualifying disability. For more information, visit bookshare.org today. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallan. According to WSB-TV, new technology is being developed to help the blind and visually impaired get around easier. Here to talk about the new technology are Foresight Augmented Reality's electrical engineer, Chris Webb, and Director of Business Development, Tanner Gers. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, Brian. Hi, thanks, thanks for having us. us. Chris and Tanner, tell us about yourselves. So um, I founded this company along with Dave Furukawa, who uh, is visually impaired with retinitis pigmentosa. Um, and we started this business um, to provide uh, a voice to the physical world so that a visually impaired person can understand what's around their environment. Dave had a, a tragedy. He got hit by a car, which killed his service dog. And uh, out of that, we decided he needed to understand his environment around him a bit more. So I'm utilizing my uh, engineering degree from Vanderbilt University and, uh, and my background in telecommunications to implement this new technology that is going to be uh, game changing for the visually impaired. Yeah, let's get into that new technology. Dave and Tanner, why is this a game changer for the blind? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. It's a game changer because autonomous vehicles inherently are going to create inequitable, inequitable access to transportation. And we all know if you're blind or visually impaired or have a disability, how ride share services have really removed restrictions inherent to traditional public transportation systems, regional restrictions. You can only go so far and time restrictions, you know, operations. If you're using Uber or Lyft, then you are familiar with the first and the last mile of the journey where often human intervention is required to get into the vehicle or find the vehicle or to find the front door of your final destination. Imagine getting dropped off and not knowing where you are in relationship to where you're going, how far it is, what direction you've got to go, and you've got no information, no instruction from any human being on exactly how to get there. And that's why this technology is game-changing. So you're creating this app to tell the blind and visually impaired where they're going and where they're at while traveling in autonomous vehicles, correct? You got it. That is correct. Yes. Um, it, yes, absolutely. And it's not just an app. We're also creating hardware, ultra wideband hardware to go with it that will reside on the vehicle to uh, more accurately help you locate and communicate with that vehicle. 
Yeah, this is ultra-wideband technology. Tanner, can you explain more about this technology and how it's really being used on the app to help the blind find their way around? Well, I'll uh, I'll tell you a little bit about the app, but then I'll I'll defer to Chris for the technical stuff. I'm just the sales guy. But what we're doing is, you know, through a digitally accessible mobile app, we're able to communicate um, to people with blindness or visual impairment as well as deaf blindness alternative uh, communication methods for exactly what's going on with the vehicle, safety requirements, and enabling you to, again, identify where the vehicle is and then where we're going once we get there, the final destination and the door to that. How is this an improvement over GPS? Well, GPS, GPS has limited accuracy, and, and that depends a lot on, you know, the environment you're around. If you're in Manhattan around a bunch of tall buildings, you don't have as great an accuracy than you would if you were out in the middle of uh, farmland in, in the United States. So um, that range accuracy with GPS can vary a lot. So if you're trying to find an autonomous vehicle, you may end up, if you're using GPS to get to it, you may end up 50 feet, 100 feet, uh, even further away from that vehicle. Our ultra-wideband technology will actually be able to direct you right to that vehicle, and we can get accuracy on distance down to about 10 centimeters. So we can get you right to the proper vehicle. That's very close, right? It's very close. It's very close. You know, you know, as it stands now with ride shares, um, you know, Dave all the time, when he calls a ride share, he has to call the driver and say, hey, where are you? Sometimes they answer, sometimes they don't. If they don't answer, he has trouble finding the vehicle. But with our technology, he would be able to pull up our app. If he didn't already have it up, he would get an actual distance to the vehicle and a direction. So it would say the vehicle is to your left, um, 75.6 feet. And he can start heading that way. And as he gets closer to it, it will continue to tell him, you know, 50 feet, 45 feet. And, and then it would say the vehicle is on your right when you get to it. He'll get to it. He'll know he's at the proper vehicle. It's it's really a big change from GPS. So he'll he won't be lost and he'll know he's right at the vehicle. So then he can walk up to it, open the door, and get in the car. Absolutely. And and he'll know he's in the proper vehicle as well. Which if you think about in a big city, if you're trying to find an autonomous vehicle and, and some of the vehicles out there, the way they help you find the vehicle is they honk the horn. Well, if you're in Times Square or something like that, that's not real beneficial. So um, this allows, you know, it adds a safety aspect to it. So, you know, you're getting in the proper vehicle. Chris yeah, and, and Tanner, I, go, go ahead. Yeah, if I can elaborate on that. So I've ridden in some fully autonomous vehicles before. And I was at a, uh, I was in Chandler, uh, just outside of Phoenix at the Chandler Fashion Square. And I was outside of Dillard's with my mom. And thankfully she was there. She cited does not have a disability because I pulled up the app and I ordered the autonomous vehicle and it parked around the corner completely out of the line of sight and there was a map on the app but the experience the the navigation the orientation of where that vehicle is and how i might be able to get there was completely i was completely excluded from that chris and tanner would you both like to give us just a brief demonstration of this new technology well the demonstration is kind of hard to do inside an office like this um, what what i would say is is if you want to see how it works you can uh, go to our website at uh, idc.foresightar.com. That's our inclusive design challenge website, and it follows our progress in this technology. And there's currently a uh, story uh, on there from the, the local news, and uh, soon we'll have a full demo video on there. 
I understand that your company is also a finalist. You mentioned Inclusive Design Challenge, which is funded for by the Department of Transportation. What's the challenge all about? And what's the grand prize? Yeah, so the the Inclusive Design Challenge is great. It's it's put on by the Department of Transportation. And this challenge in particular revolves around accessibility for autonomous vehicles. So there's 10 semifinalists. They were chosen out of a large group of companies and uh, universities that put ideas forth. And um, our proposal obviously revolved around uh, locating an autonomous vehicle as well as communicating with it in an accessible fashion. Um, but there's other organizations that have, you know, different things that they're proposing to make the autonomous vehicle more accessible. But the idea behind the inclusive design challenge is to encourage companies to go out there and spend the time and effort to develop these life-changing technologies. And uh, the, uh, our, our presentation on what we've developed will be uh, proposed uh, somewhere around May 1st. And then in the summer, they will pick the top three out of the 10 semifinalists with a grand prize of a million dollars and then 700000 for second place and $300,000 for third place. And the whole idea behind that is with those prizes, then you can take your prototype that you developed for the challenge and you can develop it into something that's commercially viable that, that can really make autonomous vehicles accessible across the broad range of disabilities from the ground up, which is just phenomenal. It's a great, it's a great, uh, it's a great program by the U.S. government. It's, it's really been game changing in, in the ability to develop technology like this. Your company's name is also for phenomenal foresight augmented reality. Chris and Tanner, what inspired you all to start up the company and come up with that special name? Well, the company we founded, Dave Furukawa and I originally founded it. And uh, Dave was walking his son to school one day. Dave's got retinitis pigmentosa. He's uh, at this point completely blind. And a few years ago, he was walking his son to school and a car ran a street sign, stop sign, and hit Dave. His service dog pushed his son out of the way, but uh, his service dog got hit, ended up hobbling home uh, and and dying. And uh, I was sitting with Dave in the hospital because he had a bunch of broken bones. And we were just talking about, you know, we can't do anything to help somebody running a stop sign. But, you know, over the years, as Dave went uh, progressively blinder, you know, I saw him struggle knowing what was around him, where things were. And we came up with this idea of using technology, uh, in, in particular Bluetooth technology at the time, um, to help him understand the environment around him. So out of that tragedy of his service dog, uh, Simon, getting hit by a car, um, came this company that's going to revolutionize uh, you know, transportation and uh, accessibility for the blind. Chris, Foresight Augmented, augmented Reality is creating this new Bluetooth technology that's going to guide people around Decatur, Georgia city buildings, along with the Georgia tech trolley. Can you explain these, this technology to our listeners? Sure. Sure. That technology is a little different than our ultra wideband technology. The Bluetooth technology has been out there for a number of years. And uh, in the city of Decatur, Georgia, which is right outside of Atlanta, uh, we have our technology installed in their government buildings from City Hall to their uh, local rec centers, um, to their their uh, courthouse. And what we do with that technology is when you go into their City Hall, for example, 
it will describe the interior of the lobby for you. It will tell you, you know, as you walk in on your right are the stairs that go up to the, um, the uh, tax offices, you know, uh, straight ahead is this other particular office. So it'll give you a description of the environment around you. And as you move around in the building, it will give you descriptions of what's around you. And you can actually look up on the app how to get from where you're at to where you need to go. Now, we're not doing point-to-point navigation where it says walk 10 feet and turn right, turn left. But we're helping you build a mental map of that building so that uh, while you're in there, you can understand where you are. But it also allows you to develop that map in your head. So next time you come back in, you're not as reliant on technology as you are the first time. Nobody wants to be fully reliant on technology. Everybody wants to use their own mobility skills. So we help you learn that environment through audio augmented reality, which is where our name comes from, Foresight Augmented Reality. We're providing audio augmented reality for that. And and on the bus systems at Georgia Tech, and uh, we're also on the bus system in Concord, North Carolina, and we've got a large bus system about to deploy in um, Florida, which hasn't been announced yet. We put our technology on the bus stops and on the buses. And on the bus stops, what we do is we can navigate you with GPS close to the bus stop, and then we can get you much closer to the bus stop using our Bluetooth technology. We can't get you as close as we would with our upcoming ultra-wideband technology, but we'll get you close enough, you know, 10, 15 feet from it. And we can also, at that point, know exactly where you are. We can tell you um, what buses are coming. So at Georgia Tech, it might say, uh, next bus, the uh, gold line arriving in five minutes, followed by the blue bus arriving in seven minutes, followed by the red bus. And then once you're on the bus, we can we use our beacons to identify exactly which bus you're on. And we can give you an audio announcement um, similar to what you might hear on some big public buses um, to tell you what the next stop is and, and what the upcoming stops are so that you know, as you're riding along, if you're on a vehicle that either doesn't have audio announcements or a vehicle where the driver's not properly making the audio announcements, you can actually listen to those uh, in real time through our app. So we've got a lot of uses, uh, different uses for this uh, technology we've created. This is great stuff. Thanks. It's been uh, a lot of fun to develop. It, it definitely sounds like it is a lot of fun to develop. Um are you guys the only um, staff who works on the new technology or do you have any special hires who help you? Yeah. So uh, currently it's uh, David uh, Tanner and myself are the, the main core, but we have, um, we have some engineers that we, we contract out uh, especially for like our hardware that we're developing uh, for the ultra wideband. Uh, I have an electrical engineering degree, but I, I do mostly software these days. So, we have two electrical engineers that are developing our ultra wideband hardware. And then we have um, some advisors and consultants. And, and one of our key advisors we utilize, his name is Dennis Hayes. And Dennis was the original creator, effectively, of the dial up modem. You know, back in the days of dial up internet or dial up networking, the Hayes microcomputer modem. Wait, wait, wait modem. the Hayes modems? You're talking yeah. about those ones with the lights and the little yeah. noises? Yeah, you you do you remember you remember those? I, I remember those. My mom used yeah. to use one of those for her work. <laughs> yeah, well, sadly, I used to use one too, so that might mm-hmm. date me a little bit. But uh, yeah, no, the, it, it was like it was alter, it was life altering technology because it really allowed computers to. It, it's the precursor to the internet, basically. So yeah, it was Hayes microcomputers. They had the uh, 
the uh, number one uh, dial-up modem in the in the in the world on the planet. And uh, Dennis Hayes was the founder, so he's uh, you know he's got a great business background. I mean, his company was doing you know huge amounts of business, so he's got a phenomenal business background. He's got a great engineering mind. Um, you know, he's he's a great person to work with. So he's one of our top advisors that's helping guide us and and make sure we're making the right choices and that sort of thing. So Hayes must still be doing modem work, I take it. You know, you know what? In the uh, in the nineties, uh, Hayes, Hayes, I think it was the early nineties. Hayes went out of business, ah, so that okay. they, they um, you know, as as technology changed, um, you know, uh, and and cheaper alternatives came in and undercut them. They had the best pro- uh, product out there, but you know how it goes when you know some off brand creates some uh, version that's way cheaper, may not work as well, but because it's cheaper, people people will buy it. Um, so they're not, they're not around anymore. So Dennis is doing other things. And, and a lot of that is uh, consulting work and uh, he's been consulting with us. So it's, it's been great. Have any, have you hired any test subjects, any regular blind or visually impaired people to try out the new technology, write down, say what they think. Yeah. Tanner, why don't you tell them a little bit about what the, uh, the uh, student group did for us. Yeah, absolutely. We've got, uh, to answer your question, yes, we've got user testers, focus groups, and then we also have, uh, we also partnered with Georgia Tech engineering students and MBA students to evaluate the technology. Uh, I'm speaking about the ultra wideband technology and actually review people uh, or excuse me, observe people and uh, perform user testing of people who are blind or visually impaired uh, utilizing the technology. See, you know, Dave and I are both blind. And so we understand the problems uh, for us that we face. And so generally, th- those applications can be applied broadly to the market. But we're not everybody. We're n- we don't represent all uh, blind or visually impaired demographics. And so it's really important for us to understand the problems, the situations, the thoughts, the considerations of everybody who's blind or visually impaired to make sure that we're providing the most robust solution possible. Fantastic. Are there any additional technologies you're working on for the blind in the coming two years, five years, 10 years? Well, currently, I think uh, our our full focus right now is, uh, you know, obviously continuing with the Bluetooth technology that we're deploying on the bus systems. But uh, going forward, we're really looking at a lot of different ideas to utilize this ultra wideband technology. I mean, not only can it help us locate a vehicle more accurately, um, we can use that technology to help guide people indoors better. Um, You know, some of the solutions for getting people around indoors use LIDAR, which involves basically the camera on their phone, that sort of thing. That that can be great, but there can also be shortcomings with that as well. If you're in a crowd of people and the camera's just seeing the back of somebody's head, Um, you know, we believe that with this ultra wideband technology, since it's a radio wave, we can we can uh, utilize that to help guide people without some of those caveats in there. So we have a lot of ideas uh, going forward on, on new technology we're going to create. But I would say right now our, our biggest focus is on the inclusive design challenge and creating the uh, best uh, product out there to really make uh, autonomous vehicles accessible from the beginning. When will this technology be available in our own hometowns? Well, I think with autonomous vehicles, it's still a number of years away. Um, so uh, our technology will hopefully be on all autonomous vehicles. I, I think in the next few years, you should start seeing them roll out in some cities. Like, like Tanner mentioned, in uh, some of the areas of Phoenix, they actually already have autonomous vehicles running. And I know there's a few other cities that have some test vehicles running as well. 
But I think you'll see them in the next couple of years, and uh, hopefully they'll be accessible with our technology from the ground up. And Brian, potentially sooner with smart city applications, right? So, you know, we're, we're in talks right now with partners and opportunities with regards to public signage accessibility, intersection accessibility, anti-collision type of things. Ultra wideband beacons are a phenomenal technology that have a ton of applications. And we're really focused on how we can make smart cities smarter, accessible, as well as autonomous vehicles. This is great. Again, just to refresh our listeners' memories, how might we learn more about the new technology? Yeah, so you can, uh, if you want to learn about the um, ultra-wideband technology, we have a blog set up where we kind of track our progress uh, of what we're doing in the Inclusive Design Challenge. And that website is idc.foresightar.com. So it's idc.foresightar.com. Or our main website that talks about some of our uh, Bluetooth technology is www.foresightar.com. That's great. Chris and Tanner, is there anything else you both would like to add? The one thing that I would add is if... If anybody's interested in listening to me present this technology, the our, uh, what the updates that we've made, the progress that we've had, and exactly how we're going to make autonomous vehicles accessible, you can listen, watch, and learn about what we're doing as I present this exact information to the U.S. Department of Transportation and the Inclusive Design Team, uh, the Inclusive Challenge, uh, Inclusive Design Challenge Team on January 26th starting at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. And I can send you that Zoom link. Yeah, actually, I I will say that um, if anybody wants to watch those presentations, and it's not just us, you can watch the presentations from all the other semifinalists as well. On the blog site that I mentioned a few minutes ago, I will go ahead and put those links where you can register. Uh, It doesn't cost anything to watch. It's just uh, you can register and then you'll get the Zoom links uh, that way and they'll they'll know who's on, on there. So... Uh, we'll we'll add that to our idc.foresightar.com website later today. Chris and Tanner, this new technology is going to help the blind navigate their world. Thanks for coming on the show today. Great. Thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Brian. Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website. That's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. And my show archive is at speaking-out-for-blind.pinecast.co. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening. And remember to speak out. You are listening to ACB Media One, also known as Mainstream, the flagship of the ACB Media Network. The ACB Media Network is a service of the American Council of the Blind. Please visit us at acbradio.org.